Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The shocking results of the Virginia governor's race continues to reverberate around the country. Many pundits had thought Virginia had turned so strongly Democratic blue that many wondered if a red Republican could ever win a statewide election again in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So you want to know how they did that? We're going to go behind the curtain with the ultimate inside source, Jeff Rowe, on this. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We are very pleased to have joining us today the founder and CEO of Axiom Strategies. They were the general consultant to the Glenn Youngkin campaign, now governor-elect Glenn Youngkin. As we've been talking, there's so much that happens behind the scenes. And uh, this is one of those where data and strategy, I think, made a big difference. Uh, Many people across the country are saying that the campaign that was run uh, was really a blueprint, a model. It was strategic in so many ways. And, of course, the person behind all of that part of the program uh, is Jeff Rowe, one of the great data-driven strategic thinkers uh, in politics today. Jeff, thanks for joining us. You bet. Boy, the winners get to write history, don't they? Thanks for that intro. <laughs> the winners do get <laughs> to write history. I didn't lose by 100,000. Glad I didn't lose by 100,000. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the good The good part about this history is it also has the benefit of being true. Uh, so it does. It, helps. it was a, really a great race. So, so let's go behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, we've been trying to deconstruct this a little bit. Obviously, a lot of the national press is talking about the mistakes of the McAuliffe campaign, uh, which is one thing. Uh, we'll save that for another day. Uh, But I want to look at what you were doing behind the scenes in terms of starting with just kind of the data and the messaging. Well, we started the campaign, um, and I'm going to focus on the general. We did have a convention, a pretty spirited convention process, too, but but I'll start with the general. We opened our campaign uh, at at a school called Thomas Jefferson School, which is the the, um, ranked as the best school in America, Mm. in Northern Virginia. Um, and they had the previous year had lowered their, their standards and, um, had really muddied, uh, you know, the, the, the school system, they, they just lowered their standards. They lowered their, their standards to get in. They lowered their academic measurement of, of attainment. They had, they had even contemplated canceling their, their, um, accelerated math program. And it really became emblematic of what had been going on in um, 
and Virginia writ large, where they had 88 school districts that were failing eighth grade reading and, and math uh, standards. And so they just changed the standards. Mm. And this this kind of failing education system was really on the front of our minds. Now, and that, that and along with jobs and economy were the top issues. And then COVID, depending on where it was with the, you know, in the in the process of the Delta variant, it would ebb and flow as a top issue in the campaign. But jobs and economy and education were top issues. Jobs and economy mean different things to different people. Um, could be unemployment or take-home pay or taxes or it being a lot of different things. In Virginia, it means cost of living. Mm. And and it has really got expensive to live in Virginia. And so we w- went right into affordability and crafted policy proposals around eliminating the the uh, the um, t- tax on food, grocery tax, and suspending the gas tax for a year. They just kind of implemented and increased, and you know rolling back some regulations. And so we had a whole policy platform around that. But really start with the data around. What, what does this look like from a voter in Virginia who's who's living their daily life? What's going to impact them every single day? Yeah. Or the pocketbook, kitchen table, people call it different things, but jobs and economy and education were front and center. Yeah, and that's uh, so interesting uh, because, you know, in a race like Virginia that always seems to be nationalized, uh, both because of when it happens and where it happens, uh, as a, really just outside of D.C., and it's interesting as you, as you look at those pieces. I don't think anybody was thinking – back in January, uh, even into the summer, that that these education issues uh, were really going to galvanize it. The parents were upset about, one, having their, their kids home uh, for all that time be- because of some of those mandates from the governor's office, uh, the, the, the failing schools that, I, that you tapped into, and then, of course, also just the, the choice in terms of parents being involved in the process. Did that surprise you that that became such a driving force uh, in the campaign? Well, um, part of that is, is is on Terry, but let me tell you how we got there. Uh, it really wasn't surprising. We were having a hard time, though. Uh, we had people that were I- interested in different pieces of education. We had a piece of the electorate that really was concerned with CRT. Mm-hmm. And we had a piece of the electorate that was very concerned um, with accelerated math being taken out of schools and, and that ability to enhance our education to being taken away. We had a lot of folks that were very concerned about safety in schools because there were literal votes taken at the school board level to remove school resource officer officers from schools, mm. which is a remarkable, you know, vote to take. Yeah. And then there was obviously the, the the surrounding states have really good charter and, and, and private school options and Virginia has none and mm. not none, but I think there's nine charter schools. And so school choice, school safety, uh, CRT, and accelerated placement were really the four main kind of prongs underneath the umbrella of education. And those four groups don't really ever get the same room. Right, right. And and we were and we were having a hard time. Um, or it was difficult for us to get them all on the same page. And in so really on September 28th is when Terry put him all in the same room for us. Mm. And he did it under the, ba- the banner of parental involvement and yeah. the parents matter and taking parents out of the lives of the education of the child. And that galvanized everybody. And so the school choice people thought, you know, heard him say, I don't want you to make a choice on where your kids get educated. The CRT people heard him say, 
you don't get to have any impact on your school's curriculum. The school safety people said there could be a sexual assault, which there was in Loudoun County School, and you don't need to know that that happened, which is what happened. Um, you know, and the accelerated math people said, look, last time you were governor, you lowered the standards for all schools, and that's why we literally have last in the nation mm. in, in eighth grade placement of, uh, of test scores. Wow. And so it allowed everyone to galvanize under one issue, which is we might not have the solution for all these individual problems. And but we do know that Terry McAuliffe doesn't believe that parents have a role have a role. And that allowed us to be bipartisan. Mm-hmm. It allowed us to galvanize Republicans, cut deep with independents where we won by 20 points. And then that, frankly, with non-white voters, with Asian, Hispanic, there's 12 different we have, we have bumper stickers in 12 languages. Wow. Um, to go into those communities and say, look, this is education of your children is your path forward. And Terry McAuliffe is against your involvement. And this is, of course, after a whole year of Zoom where parents are completely <laughs> exhausted, you know, involved. Yeah, exhausted and involved in their parents and their, or their children's lives. Yeah. And and Northern Virginia, where most of the Democrats are, uh, they were they were the ones that were the hottest about it because mm-hmm. those schools were closed the longest. Yeah. So it, it Terry helped us out a lot, <laughs> but it was a big focus for a long time. He just actually said it better than. <laughs> you know, we could make it up. <laughs> That's right. It's always interesting that these campaigns come down to not not always to the great strategy, but your opponent's inability to manage their weaknesses. Glenn Youngkin won big in the Hispanic community. Interesting that uh, Jeff said they printed bumper stickers in 12 different languages. Uh, attracted a lot of folks who normally don't vote Republican into really unique uh, coalitions. So how'd they do that? Uh, We're going to stay with the conversation with uh, Jeff Rowe. Again, he was really the campaign driver for the Yunkin campaign, an extraordinary win in Virginia. You don't want to miss this next part of the story as he talks about how you bring all those communities together around principles and people. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. A big part of the reason Glenn Youngkin is governor-elect Youngkin in the Commonwealth of Virginia is the coalitions that he was able to put together. What does the win show about how to reach out to minority communities and minority voters? What have politicians been doing wrong when talking to people about the issues that actually matter to them? Let's continue my conversation with Jeff Rowe, really the man behind the curtain in terms of strategy and data for the Glenn Youngkin campaign. You galvanized other uh, areas as well, uh, including the base of the Republican Party. Many people call those the former President Trump base. Uh, But you actually proved out that it really is, uh, just as it was with education, that getting these things targeted to the people, to their pain point, and then some policies around it, uh, that they actually came out in bigger numbers uh, than they had for the former president. Yeah, well, there was – well – not bigger numbers, but a bigger margin. Margin, yes. And and yeah, a bigger margin, right? And so, yeah, there was some Saddam Hussein numbers kind of in the in the southwest part of Virginia. I think I saw a couple nineties in there. Um, and so, um, yeah, we did really well. That's also aided by Terry. Um, I'm not saying that he ran the worst campaign I've ever seen. I just haven't, you know, seen one a lot worse, but. <laughs> He essentially called us a Trump, you know, Trump light or, yeah, you know, something like that for about twelve million dollars worth, and he uh, and he said that we were, you know, very pro gun and very pro life and really wanted to cut 
government spending for, yeah. <laughs> for three months. So that kind of helps and did some of our job for us. But he also didn't show up. Yes. And as much as we did in the in the minority community, didn't take any vote for granted, but went to work for them all, he really – I don't think he thought that he was going to get any of those votes, and so he didn't show up. But I think you're right. I think there's a, a real opportunity – uh, as as voters look uh, at the future and, and candidates look down the road, I think there's a real opportunity that that the candidates need to chart their own course mm-hmm. and not be a knockoff version of another politician. Right. And right. there's only you know there's only one Ted Cruz and there's only one Mike Lee and there's only one Mitt Romney and there's only one Donald Trump. Yep. And the 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 imposters are not authentic, and they need to go build their own brand. Yes. Yeah. And voters will reward that. Yeah. And that... Um, know who you are and why you got why you put your britches on in the morning and go campaign hard for those votes. And uh, and and so I think that's one of the lessons in this is that you once you do that and if you build your campaign structure around someone's endorsement or lack of endorsement or some some one else's kind of charisma or charm, well that's a pretty weak building block for a campaign to be built on. And and Glenn just didn't do that. He knew you know, he's a he's a grown man. He's had a very successful career in private business and walked away from, a, you know, a lot of, of opportunity to, to come do this. And, and, and Virginia can only win one time. Right. You know, there's a, he's a lame duck on January 16th. It's one in on the 15th. And so he's not going there to warm the seat. He wants to go accomplish something. Yeah. Uh, and so therefore he knew why he was going. And that's exciting. Going to be an uh, exciting part of his legacy. Yeah, I, I love that, and I think that's so vital. You know, in fact, even some of the national pundits who are saying, "Here's the blueprint. Here's the blueprint." Uh, some almost inferring it's a carbon copy, but I love the way you just described that, Jeff. In terms of no, it's it's not carbon copy. It's got to be your own thing. Yeah, there's some some things in there that worked uh, that can be repeated and massaged, uh, but you got to have an authentic candidate. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got Jeff Rowe on the line. He is the founder and CEO of Axiom Strategies, the general consultant to the Health of Virginia. We're talking through some of the strategies and some of the things behind the scenes that, that happened. And, Jeff, one of the things I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about in terms of, you know, going in with some authenticity and talking about the people of Virginia, about a set of principles that the governor-elect seems to be passionate about, and some policies that will impact individual lives. Uh, you won the Hispanic vote uh, there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, 55%, I think, of the Hispanic vote. Uh, tell us about the approach to, to that particular community. You know, we, when we did a survey uh, before he even got in the race, because he didn't want to run if he couldn't win Virginia. He said, I'm not, I don't want to go spend all this money and time away from my family if I can't actually win. I don't want to win a nomination and not be able to win the general. Is Virginia really that blue? It's not winnable anymore. And so what we found in that survey is that the, that the minority voters are more persuadable than former Republican college-educated whites. They're, the, those folks are, have made a decision, a conscious decision, to leave the party. And so we can still get them back, and we did get some back. But, um, but Hispanic and Asian and, and black voters – are more persuadable and more easily persuadable to get them to get them to vote Republican. And what started in 2020 with the growth in the non-white vote for Republicans it continued in 21. And the communities of interest is based on the on what you're campaigning on. 
And if you're talking about national issues, you know, one of the things that we critique Terry on all the time is that he was running against somebody that wasn't on the ballot talking about issues that nobody cared about. And some of these issues are very important to us uniquely and individually. Um, the, the right to bear arms and the right to life and many issues on the political spectrum are very important to, to folks and really let you know what their core center of their life is and foundation for their, you know, for, for their existence is. But the, a lot of people don't wake up every day thinking about that. They think about how they're going to put food on their table and better their family's life. And so if you spend time talking about those issues, when a lot of politicians don't, they spend time talking about national issues or trying to take a hard partisan position on the issue of the day, and they just kind of bounce from issue of the day to issue of the day to issue of the day. You really lose the ability to connect with the folks that don't follow politics like that, but just want to know what's in it for them. And so I think the first issue for groups that we commonly don't compete for their votes, like Hispanics, is showing up. And I think that's half of it, too, is when you do show up, talk about issues that they care about, which is just the same as everybody else, but they're just not as partisan. Mm-hmm. You know, as folks are entering into, and particularly, particularly minority communities, enter into the the upper middle middle and upper class, they really become more participatory in the elections. And as they do that, they become more, you know, involved civically and politically. And when you come to them and you start talking about what Biden's doing on, you know, his overseas climate trip or whatever, that that's just not how they think about things. They're not, right. they don't follow politics like that. They're not watching, they're not one of the 10 million people watching one of the three networks in primetime evening news, you know, evening right. programming. Yeah. They're, they're watching Dancing with the Stars or Survivor, you know, whatever shows are on. Um, the Bachelor, I guess. There we go. Modern day. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I think Survivor maybe dated last time I watched primetime. Um, so that's what they look, that's what, that's what they view the lens through. And when we had folks in our campaign dedicated from day one, I can't tell you how many times I've, launched a Hispanics for Candidate X, uh-huh. you know, coalition after Labor Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> and because because of our early survey research and because of who Glenn is and the life that he's led, mm. he, 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 he plotted a church in his basement, this now thriving church in the community, and, and it was to encourage people to, um, to really follow Christ and not to be not to be contoured for a Northern Virginia white suburban family, but to gather all followers of Christ. Um, it really kind of spoke to his heart that this is exactly why he yeah. was called to public service. Mm. And he immediately launched these, these, you know, launched into an effort, even in a Republican primary, when we knew the participa- participation rate would be pretty low in the Republican primary, because they don't participate in the you know, partisan electoral right. process that often, um, to go speak to them directly and involve them in the campaign and dedicate resources and, and talent in his time to go seek their votes. And so that's what he did from the get-go, from yeah. the jump of uh, part of the campaign. Stay with us. We're going to continue the conversation. How the misstep of your opposition can actually create an opportunity for you and a host of other lessons as we round out our conversation with Jeff Rowe, who was the architect behind the winning strategy for the Yunkin campaign in the state of Virginia. 
Much more to come here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Rounding out our exclusive interview with the ultimate insider, Jeff Rowe, who is with Axiom Strategies, who led the Glenn Youngkin campaign to a surprising victory in the Commonwealth of Virginia. As we round out our conversation, we got into this idea that I've often talked about is how do you stay positive in a political world that is increasingly vitriolic, negative, you're constantly weaponizing the words of your opponent against them uh, or just running negative attack ads. Uh, Jeff Rowe demonstrated and Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin proved that you can actually win a campaign on a positive message based on the people you're trying to get to vote for you, a set of principles that you actually believe in, and some specific policies that will help solve the problems of those very people. So we're continuing this uh, conversation, kind of bringing it full circle, tying it all together uh, with Jeff Rowe from Axiom Strategies. Tying this all back, you did talk about getting down to those specific issues that are you know, hitting those pain points that people are feeling and dealing with at the dinner table uh, while, while they aren't watching uh, the cable news networks, but they're watching something, uh, something else. Uh, but you actually didn't just talk about them broadly. Uh, you went really specific in terms of some of the things that would make it more affordable to live in the Commonwealth, to, to deal with the tax on food, to suspend the gas tax. Uh, those were real specifics. And again, from a blueprint standpoint, it seems to me that that was uh, targeted at the right place to, to tap into, I think, where the where uh, Terry McAuliffe campaign was just so disconnected, so national, uh, that there was just nothing that where people could say, well, yeah, that'll impact me and, and my family or my community today. I think that's right. I think that at the end of the day, and, and this is for, this is easier in the governor's race because they know the prism a voter looks at a governor is a lot different than the prism that a voter looks at a congressman. And even to a degree, a senator. Yeah. But the governor actually makes a tangible difference. If they, if the governor decides to go build a bridge, he's going to build a bridge. If a, if a congressman or senator wants to go build a bridge, they got a lot of people to go get on board <laughs> to go build a bridge. It's a big bridge. Yeah. And so, but the governor, but the governor says that it's probably going to happen. And so, when you, when you're a gubernatorial candidate, you have the opportunity to really, as we say, get the corn down where the chickens can eat it. And say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z specifics. We are going to phase in reducing the taxes on veterans. Mm. The Commonwealth needs to be an open, welcoming place for for veterans to stay and retire and stay here after retirement. And they don't. It's one of the few states that sell taxes to retirement benefits. I mean, that's a very specific policy proposal, 68 in total. Wow. 68 policy proposals that are going to go on a whiteboard in his office. And he's going to start checking them off on day one. He's got a day one agenda. He's got 20 of these agenda points. So, no, it was very specific, very tailored. He has four years to get this done, and he wanted to give people a very specific agenda, not platitudes, not puppies and rainbows. not He's just like, if you don't like so-and-so, you're really not going to like him. 
We didn't do any Biden ads. We didn't even hardly talk about Biden in our speeches. Mm. We didn't say that we were like anybody else. We didn't say if you love Ron DeSantis, you're going to love us. Or if you love President Trump, you're going to love us. We, this is Glenn Youngkin, and this is what he's going to do. And this is the value proposition. If you're a voter in the Commonwealth of Virginia, this is the value proposition for your vote. Yeah. And um, it, I think it resonated. And it yeah. resonated because our, our opponent, of course, had none of that. It was all you know, guilt by association. It's interesting too. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mind a tough campaign, but a full three fourths of Terry's ads were negative ads really? and five, six of our ads were positive. That's this amazing. was not a burn the house down campaign. And, and at the end of the campaign, we had a 50% favorable and a 40% unfavorable rating. Uh-huh. You'll probably have to clean this up after I get off the phone here. But, <laughs> and, and Terry had, Terry had a 40% favorable and a 45% unfavorable. Interesting. That's fascinating. And it wasn't from our attacks. It was from him not telling people what he, why he wanted to be governor. Yeah. Oh, man. Fascinating stuff. We'd keep you here all day, um, <laughs> but we're going to let you go. Jeff Rowe is the founder and CEO of Axiom Strategies. They were the general consultant for the Glenn Youngkin for Governor campaign, uh, who is now Governor-elect Youngkin of the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, and I think there'll be a whole lot of politicos uh, here in the state of Utah and across the country that are going to come back and listen to the podcast <laughs> of of this <laughs> segment uh, because there is so much in there in terms of how you do it different and how you do it better. And, uh, Jeff, you introduced me to one of the greatest stakes I've ever had, uh, and now I owe you one. Uh, next time you're out here in Utah, I would love to pick your brain on some more of this stuff. Appreciate your insight, and, uh, again, congratulations on an extraordinary win in the Commonwealth of Virginia and uh, something that everyone around the country continues to talk about. All right. Thank you. Take care. So that's my conversation, exclusive conversation with Jeff Rowe, uh, again from Axiom Strategies, uh, who really led the way. They were the, the strategy folks behind the Glenn Youngkin campaign. And uh, I do think it, the thing that was so stunning to me that we all should think about, not just in terms of our politics, but in terms of how we interact with people, uh, when he looked at the ads that were run by the two campaigns, three quarters, three quarters of the ads that were run by the Terry McAuliffe campaign were negative ads, attack ads against Glenn Youngkin. On the flip side of that, Glenn Youngkin's campaign, their ads, five, six, five out of six of those were positive message ads about who they were, what they believed and the policies they were going to implement for the people of the Commonwealth. Uh, that is a great message. Uh, I, I've said it over and over and over again that people are going to vote for you based on what you are for, not what you're against. Don't waste your time talking about your opponent. Talk about why you're in the race, what you believe in, and what you're going to do. Uh, that's the key to this whole thing. And Jeff Rowe proved it out. It's so easy for campaigns. I've seen so, so many campaigns say, well, you have to go negative. You have to go negative. It's the only way you can win. And people say negative ads don't work, and we think they do. Uh, and I've seen that so many times. We've seen that here in the state of Utah, races that just got ugly with negative campaign ads, a lot of them from outside groups. But the thing is, that's not what people want to hear. They, they know what you're against. They know who you're running against. They know what you're running against. Tell them what you're for. Uh, that's the real bottom. And uh, just to round this out and put a fine point on it, Glenn Youngkin uh, did some interesting winning as it relates to this campaign and groups. 
uh, 55% of the Hispanic vote we talked about, plus 15 uh, from where President Trump was just a year ago. 14% of black women, which was six percentage points higher than uh, President Trump did the year before. 57% of white women uh, voted for uh, Governor-elect Youngkin. That was eight percentage points higher, eight points higher than what President Trump had done. And on and on it goes. Uh, he won in every way, shape, and form. He brought together a broad and diverse coalition uh, and won in a state that many believe no Republican would ever win again. And so some great insights, some great strategy. If you miss that, make sure you pick up the, the uh, podcast later on this afternoon with Jeff Rowe uh, from Axiom Strategies. Appreciate his time. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the national perspective. What do the Democrats do net? do next a lot bubbling up in washington stay with us on inside sources here on ksl news radio a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon but violence is only the beginning of this story sometimes i thought there are no miracles yeah there are and this is a big one i'm amy donaldson and i've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence the Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.